Welcome to the Creative Equation Podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and creative individuals who want to leverage creativity in order to increase sales and customer engagement. You'll get a healthy dose of graphic design tips and tricks, as well as sales and marketing strategies to help you and your business continue increasing profits. I'm your host, Brandon Ritchie, and I'm pleased to welcome you to the Creative Equation. Welcome back to the Creative Equation Podcast. You're joining a conversation about your marketing, your messaging, and practical ways to grow and improve your brand. Thrilled to have you listening. Thanks for joining us today. Today on the show, we are going to be discussing the top four rebrands of all time. Now, I know what you're thinking, Brandon. There are so many companies, there are so many businesses, there are so many brands, and there are so many rebrands. How in the world were you able to narrow it down to the top four rebrands of all time? Well, that's a great question. In order to formulate this list, we had to institute and implement some specific criteria to create this list of the top rebrands of all time. The main criteria being these brands cannot be brands that you would be unfamiliar with. So these are not local companies. These are not companies that are only popular in a specific country. Uh, but hopefully any person in any place listening to this episode of the show would be familiar with these companies and with these brands. So kicking off number one on the list. And by the way, quick disclaimer, this list is not the best brands. I'm not saying that these are the best companies. I'm not saying that they have... Uh, the best or most honorable intentions. All I'm saying is these rebrands took the world by storm in such a way that it totally changed the presupposition that people and customers had about these companies because of the unique shift in their visual brand identity. So they were able to change their logo, change their look, change their colors, change their typography in such a way that it changed what people thought about them. So kicking off our list and rightfully so at our number one spot for the top rebrands of all time, Walmart Supercenter. Now, listen, you at some point have been a Walmart customer. I'm convinced of it. Every single person has at least stepped foot into a Walmart Supercenter uh, or a Walmart store in general. And a lot of people shop at Walmart very frequently once a week, once a month, at least once a year. And so there are tons of Walmart Supercenters. Uh, in our country and in the world. It's a very popular place, very common place for people to go. And they have everything. They have fishing equipment. They have sports equipment. They have toys. They have grocery. They have garden center. There are so many different things that they have under one roof. And so it makes it super, super convenient to go there and get what you need. Well, I remember when I first stepped into a Walmart Supercenter for the very first time. Uh, just a little disclaimer, I'm from a very small town in Northeast Georgia. We were known for having three things a college, a waterfall, and a Walmart Supercenter. I remember when I was very young, our town had just a normal Walmart. It wasn't a Walmart Supercenter. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I stepped foot into a Walmart that wasn't a Walmart Supercenter. So I'm not even sure if those exist anymore. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, but I remember, I think it was 2006. It might've been 2008. But I remember, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to a typical Walmart store. The ceilings are low. And it's much smaller. You can kind of see literally from one side of the store to the other. No problem. Well, we got a Walmart Supercenter. It was, you know, 10 minutes down the road. And when I first stepped through that sliding glass door, my jaw dropped because the ceilings were super high. I couldn't see from one side of the store to the other. There was this massive garden center with this huge, giant 
swooping fans uh, on the ceiling. And so I just was, as a kid, jaw dropped at how large this store was. So everybody has some Walmart story or some experience with Walmart. It's a very common brand. Okay, so let's talk about their rebrand for a second. So Walmart's old logo, if you want to pull that up on your own, you can, but it was an all caps logo, sharp, jagged letters. It had a very dark blue. It really felt corporate. It felt big business. It felt like a company that really wanted to uh, do whatever they could to increase profits They only care about their bottom line. They really felt like this big giant in the industry and they were and they are today, but they didn't want to come off that way. They wanted to come off as a place that appealed to the American household, a place where families could save money and live better. And so, uh, in fact, they actually changed their slogan. I think their slogan used to be low prices always or something like that. And they changed their slogan with this rebrand to say, save money, live better. Not only about the money part of it, but hey, shopping at Walmart will also just make your quality of life better, you'll be more happy, etc. And so changing their tagline was part of this rebrand. But today we're specifically focusing on Walmart's visual transformation from their old logo to their new logo. So their new logo, if you pull up the current Walmart logo, you'll see that it's mostly lowercase. The letters are curvy, more swoopy, more friendly. Um, that in itself, having a logo that the typography is lowercase versus all caps feels more friendly. It feels more human, uh, feels more relational. And in addition to that, uh, we also have a shift in the colors. So Walmart's logo used to be such a deep, dark, heavy blue, and their current logo is a much lighter blue. It's a kind of a happy, friendly sky blue. Not to mention that yellow pop of color with the Walmart spark. Uh, And so Walmart knew that they wanted to transition away from being perceived as this uh, big corporate, big box store that only cared about the bottom line. And they instead wanted to focus on garden center, grocery, and wanted to be seen as a place where families could save money and live better. So that was the main uh, purpose in the rebrand to try and change the perception that the American people and people in general had on the company. And I got to tell you, it worked. The fact is your brand, your logo, is always communicating something. In fact, all graphic design, whether it's print media, website, branding, all of it is communicating. And you're either communicating the right things or you are communicating the wrong things. And so it's super important that you don't try to create a company or create a business based off of your logo, but instead you create a logo and a brand, a visual brand that mirrors and reflects your company, your values, and who you really are. So before you do any kind of design work, of course, it is uh, very important that you have a very good grasp and a great understanding of who you are and where, what direction your company is going to be going in. So this is a statement regarding the Walmart rebrand from Brandsonify. It says, the first thing that Walmart did is a local overhaul. The main part that had to go was the tagline. Of course, Walmart still wanted everyone to know that its prices were lower than those of the competition, but they needed to take a different approach. As a result, they came up with a simple yet powerful tagline, save money, live better. The idea was to appeal to the emotional and lifestyle benefits that Walmart provided to its shoppers. Walmart's outdated logo also got a revamp and radiated freshness and excitement. Instead of the traditional Walmart wordmark, they introduced a new clean one with a yellow starburst next to it. 
Okay, there you have it, folks. Number one on the list of the top three brands of all time, Walmart Supercenter. Okay, coming in hot with number two, a brand that you're probably very familiar with, and you're probably going to use their products or services sometime today, whether you recognize it or not, Google. Hey, Google is a behemoth in the tech industry, and of course, their parent company is called Alphabet. Uh, but for simplifying things for today's conversation, we're going to be referring to the company as Google. That's what you probably know it as. That's what I know it as. And so Google had a big rebrand and we're going to get into that in a second. But first, I just want to say one lesson that can be learned from Google is consistency with branding. Now, Google has dozens of products and services that you probably use every single day. Google Photos, Google Calendar, Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Chrome, and more. And what they have been able to do in recent years is transform the visual identity of all of those different services, all of those different arms of Google, if you will, to look similar. They don't look the same. They still have their own unique iconography. They still have their own unique look, but they're following the color palette of Google. They're following the color scheme and the design scheme of the parent company, Google. Now, if we backtrack a little bit to when Google first changed their logo. Google's logo at one time was uh, pretty complicated. There was drop shadows. There was kind of this glow look. It looked kind of 3D. And then they kind of flattened everything. So they were one of the first in the tech industry to do this, really simplifying things, making things more uh, modern and simple. And so they dropped the drop shadow, no pun intended. They uh, took out this bevel. They took out this glow. They stopped making it look 3D. And instead, it looked a lot more flat. It looked more simple. It looked more clean. However, it's still, they still hadn't really changed anything related to the typography. Um, the typography was still a serif font, meaning it looked kind of like Times New Roman. Uh, but then they did another rebrand, another overhaul of their brand with a uh, sans serif font. It looked totally different. Um, they changed it to where now it looked less like Times New Roman and it looked more like a font like uh, Helvetica or something like that. And so um, Google, when they did this, they really were wanting to pivot to make their logo focus on what they did best, tech. This is not a school logo. This is not a university logo. This is not a church logo. We don't need to have this fancy looking font. Let's do something clean, modern, sleek. Uh, And again, they really uh, were trailblazers because since then, so many tech companies rebranded in similar fashion, making their logos that once were very complicated with drop shadow and serif fonts. And then now, uh, so many tech companies have kind of moved towards this very simplified uh, logo. I'm thinking of even apps like Snapchat, uh, which once was a lot more detailed um, and had this kind of thinner line to it. And then now Snapchat, they rebranded their logo as well, got a lot of heat from it. Nobody liked it, but now it's pretty iconic. Um, and it's more simple and more clean. And so a lot of times when companies rebrand, there's a lot of backlash at first because people get used to a specific look. They get used to something that they see and they are familiar with. And so when they rebrand, a lot of times people don't like it at first. Um, but it just takes a little bit of time for people to warm up to it. Uh, Google did something very smart. They rebranded to pivot their visual brand identity to where their company was moving, which again was to continue keeping up to date with where the tech industry was moving. Okay, so what are the lessons we can learn from Google? Number one, we can learn about branding consistency. Uh, Google does a great job keeping all of its platforms, keeping all of its services, all of its products uh, really close-knit from a visual perspective. Everything looks like it fits together. Uh, So 
Keep in mind that as you're developing your brand, as you're developing your services, as you're developing your products, um, there are specific reasons why you might want one of your products to have its own unique look and colors and typography and iconography and everything else. Uh, but just as a blanket statement, um, and again, there are exceptions, but as a blanket statement, keeping everything kind of cohesive across all platforms and all services and all products can be very beneficial to your brand. And second thing, if you do a rebrand and you're specifically doing it because you want to pivot your visual brand to focus on where your company is moving, don't be afraid of backlash. People at first might say, I hate your new logo or why'd you do that? But if you're doing it intentionally, you're hiring somebody who knows what they're doing. They know uh, logo design strategy and visual brand strategy, and you're doing it because you know that you're pivoting your company in a certain direction, then who cares what people think? They'll get used to it. It takes time for people to adjust to a brand new logo. Okay, the third best rebrand of all time goes to a company that honestly I'm not incredibly fond of, but their rebrand was so specific and so intentional and so uh, well-crafted that they had to make the list. Dunkin' Donuts. Now listen, I know that there are a lot of people listening to this show that are crazy for Dunkin' Donuts. They love Dunkin' Donuts. They start their morning every morning with a cup of Joe from Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkin', I get it. But I gotta share a little bit of my personal experience. It seems like every time that I provide a fresh chance to Dunkin' Donuts to exceed my expectations. They crumple it up like a piece of paper and throw it into the second chance wastebasket. Uh, some specific examples, Dana, my wife and I were uh, having a great Saturday. We got a car wash, we were doing some errands and we decided, hey, let's just stop by somewhere and get you know a tea or a coffee. So we decided, let's go to Dunkin' Donuts. So we go to Dunkin' Donuts. Dana's coffee was awful. And it seems like every time I get coffee for her from Dunkin' Donuts, there seems to be something wrong with it. It's either too cold or they mix it wrong or whatever. I'm not a big coffee drinker. I don't know all the coffee lingo, like some of you listening to this show probably do. Uh, but my tea also was terrible. It was incredibly syrupy. Now, I don't know if they, I don't know how they make their tea, uh, but I make tea at home and I don't think that it's possible for tea to be syrupy uh, if you make it the right way. But Dunkin' Donuts, they literally must have like a sweet tea syrup or something that they pour in there because it was literally, and I know this is kind of gross, but it literally was like sludge on the bottom of the glass. Uh, so anyways, that was a terrible experience. Another time we go and Dunkin' Donuts was advertising, hey, we have this new thing. It's called snack and bacon. So I'm thinking, hey, I'm a guy. I love bacon and I love snacking. So snack and bacon seemed like a no brainer. Uh, and I gotta tell you, I actually did get snack and bacon for the first time ever. And it was awesome. It was crispy, came in this little paper bag, snack and bacon, two thumbs up. Then like, a week later, maybe it was two weeks later, I go to get snack and bacon a second time and this bacon was wet and soft and gross and I had to throw it away and it was just really, really bad, terrible experience. So this has happened time and time again for me and my family. seems like, and we tried different Dunkin' Donuts. It's not like there's one Dunkin' Donuts that's awful and then one that's great. Uh, you know, we lived in Georgia for a while. We lived in Florida for a while. We've lived in different places and it seems like it's a pretty inconsistent experience no matter where you go. Okay, Dunkin' Donuts rant is over. So let's talk about the rebrand. Now, I will say, even though their product seems inconsistent, even though the customer service is uh, not great, they did some very 
intentional rebranding. And it's super smart, super clever, uh, and I'm a big fan of it. And so the Dunkin' Donuts old logo, if you want to pull this up on Google to follow along, you can. It had a lot more to it. Uh, There was some iconography that featured a uh, coffee cup tilted sideways with DD on it uh, with smoke coming out of the top. And then it said Dunkin' Donuts. Their current logo doesn't have any iconography. And in fact, the typography just says Dunkin'. So unlike the Walmart rebrand, unlike the Google rebrand, this company didn't just change their logo, they changed their name. And so they used to be known on packaging and social media and their website and everywhere else as Dunkin' Donuts. And they pivoted to only being referred to as Dunkin'. And this is specific, this is intentional because they wanted to focus on, or they wanted to broaden their horizon. They're not a company that only makes donuts. They're not a company that only makes coffee. They have so many different things, so many different products, including snack and bacon, which again, I have uh, some mixed opinions about, um, but they wanted to broaden, uh, basically broaden their brand to encapsulate more products, more services, more of what they're doing so that they're not limited to having something like donuts tagged onto their company name. Here is a statement from Duncan. The new branding developed in partnership with new creative and branding agency, Jones, Knowles, Ritchie, BBDO, New York, and Arc Worldwide is one of Duncan's multifaceted blueprints for growth. A plan designed to transform the company into premier beverage-led on-the-go brand. Recent initiatives have included a simplified menu, a greater emphasis on beverages like cold brew coffee, nitro coffee, and iced teas. The introduction of unique products like donut fries, an increasing emphasis on on on-the-go mobile ordering, and most importantly, the introduction of Duncan's next generation design concept. So right there you have it. They wanted to broaden their menu. They wanted to broaden what they offered to their customers. And they felt like the name Duncan Donuts just kind of limited them. And that makes sense. If you are a company that does photo and video and your company is called so-and-so photo, well, people are going to think that you just do photo. But if you have a word like so-and-so media, well, photo is media, video is media, uh, graphic design is media, social media management is media. So that's why it's very intentional as you're thinking about your logo design, as you're thinking about your name, even for your business, you want to be intentional that you're not doing something that's going to lock you into a specific product. If you think that you're going to also offer other products or other services. Okay, so that is number three on our list of the top rebrands of all time. Okay, number four on the list of the top rebrands of all time, a company that allows consumers to sell products to other consumers, turning one person's junk into another person's treasure, eBay. Okay, there are a lot of different platforms where you can sell your stuff. There is Mercari, there is Letgo, there is uh, Facebook Marketplace. But eBay was early on in the space of a company where you could create an account online and you could list a product for sale. People could bid on it, people could purchase it. And there's kind of this online transaction between money and a product. Well, eBay had a kind of an opposite problem of Walmart. Walmart, uh, you know, their logo initially was this all caps, big box, corporate logo. And they wanted to instead feel like a company where families could save money and live better. And so they, you know, pivoted to have a logo that featured mostly lowercase typography, changing colors, et cetera. Well, eBay had kind of the opposite problem. Their logo, and again, you can follow along if you want to Google old and new eBay logo. eBay's logo initially was uh, this very playful, friendly logo. The letters were all on different uh different levels. So like, for instance, the A 
in the letter in the word eBay was higher than all the other letters. The B in the word eBay was lower than all the other letters. It seemed very kind of cattywampus and kind of quirky and fun and playful. And eBay instead wanted to be seen as a company that was serious. Hey, take us serious. We're serious contenders in this space. We're a big deal. We're a legit company where people can sell products and goods to other people. And I might be wrong about this, but I believe that eBay actually hired the same company uh, that Walmart hired for their rebrand, Lippincott Marketing. Um, Again, don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. But eBay saw the way that they were being perceived by other people. They saw what people were thinking about their company, what people were thinking about their business and about their brand. And it, and it wasn't communicating the right things. It was saying the wrong things to people. And so they really thought about their company. They thought about what direction they're moving in. And once they had all that information and they had a really strong grasp on not only what is happening in our company, but what's happening in the world, what's happening in the world of design, where are design shifting, where are designs moving and designs are moving more simplified. Look at Google. Look at all these companies that in the 90s had drop shadows and bevels and they looked 3D and then now they're rebranding to be more simple, to be more clean, more modern. And so eBay really wanted to be seen as a serious company, a serious business and not as some playful company. And and really, honestly, this is a really great lesson for anybody who is either designing logos or getting their logo rebranded or redesigned is your logo really can impact how people view you, how people perceive you. For instance, if you are a real estate company, but your logo is childlike and playful and super colorful, you're using bubble letters, uh, and it it looks like a daycare. Nobody's going to buy real estate from somebody whose logo looks like it's a kid's daycare. And on the other hand, if your daycare logo looks super boring, or it looks like a lawyer logo, or it looks like a real estate logo, parents aren't going to send their kids there because it doesn't look fun. So you can really change the way that people view your company, view your business, view your nonprofit, view your church by using appropriate iconography, typography, and a color palette. So that is our list of the top four rebrands of all time. We have Walmart, Google, Dunkin' Donuts, and eBay. Hey, a couple honorable mentions before we end the episode for today, a couple logos that in our opinion would be worth you checking out so that you can see uh, some more examples of old and new logos, some other rebrands. Number one, Taco Bell, check that out. Number two, KFC, that is worth checking out as well. And then one that's kind of in a little bit of a different direction, Google old and new Gap logos. And what you're gonna see is the Gap logo for the old logo, that is the current Gap logo. And then for new logo, you're gonna see a logo that they actually did a rebrand and rebranded Gap to be this totally different logo and this totally different visual brand experience, but they hated it and everybody hated it. And so they reverted back to their old logo. So their old logo is their current logo and their new logo is a logo that never existed. I know that's kind of confusing, but if you Google it, then that might make a little bit more sense. Hey, future episodes, we are gonna talk more about rebrands. We might even have an episode dedicated to the worst rebrands of all time. And disclaimer, Gap might make the list. But for now, this episode of The Creative Equation is coming to a close. And I just wanted to say thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Creative Equation and spending a little bit of time 
with me today. Remember, we are on a mission to help as many creatives, as many entrepreneurs as possible, and we would love it if you would continue following along on that journey with us. If you found any of today's content helpful, we'd be incredibly grateful if you would share this episode with others who may benefit from it. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Stay creative, and we'll catch you next time.